Launching a book is one of the most important tactics for making your book a success. But how do you do a book launch? And more importantly, how do you launch your book well? That's what we're going to talk about today in the Novel Marketing Podcast, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., the professor of book marketing. And I am James L. Rubart, but of course, you can call me Jim. And today we are going to talk all about book launches. That's right. To celebrate the 2020 Book Launch Blueprint, Jim is back. Jim, welcome back to the Novel Marketing Podcast. (laughs) I love dropping in every now and then, Thomas. So thanks for having me. So why launch books? Why not just write our books and post them to Amazon? Thomas, I think you're asking me that question. I am. Okay. Well, I, I've been gone for a while. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little rusty, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't be, blame it on uh, baby having baby's brain like you can. So I'll just blame it on being rusty. Um, the, the thing about launching a book is it's one of the few strategies that works just as well for indie authors as it does for traditional authors. So whether you're a trad author or you're an indie author. Learning how to effectively launch a book can be a incredibly important part of your career. And those months before the release and the months after your release, those are the key periods that are going to determine whether your book is going to do well or not. And really, if you look at launching a book, a good launch is like pushing a stone off the side of a mountain. What you really want to do is trigger an avalanche. So think about a stone, think about a snowball, that thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you can start with a big rock, a boulder instead of a stone, chances are you're going to trigger that avalanche. So we're going to talk about ways that you can make that stone or that snowball as big as possible when your launch starts. Because the way books sell is by word of mouth, primarily, right? Most people buy most books most of the time because a friend recommended that book. And so the whole point of a book launch is to get out of your own social circle. Because if you fail to launch high enough, if you fail to get uh, the boulder off the top of the mountain, we're just going to keep adding metaphors here. It's kind of like being quarantined on a boat, right? Like the the term quarantine comes from the Italian quarenta, which is 40 days. They would make boats sit in the harbor for 40 days to see if they had any plague or that the plague had passed. And your social circle can become like that, right? All your best friends buy your book, all your family members buy your book, but birds of a feather tend to flock together. And if you're not careful, all your friends talk to each other about your book, and that's all you sell, 20 or 30 copies, right? The same people who buy your book are the same people who will go to your funeral. And that's not what you want. You don't want a funeral book launch. You want a successful book launch, and that requires preparation. It requires work. It requires planning, and it doesn't just happen. When I was working in, when I had an ad agency and I was working in media, in radio and TV a lot, we talked about a frequency of three, and that's what you tried to get. You wanted to get your potential buyer to hear a commercial or see a commercial three times a week. That was the measurement. If it was more than that, great, but you really were going for a frequency of three. And the frequency of three is one, you see the first spot and you, uh, that creates awareness. Second spot is conviction. Third spot is action. And how that ties into word of mouth is think back to the last time you bought a book. Probably somebody mentioned it. Oh, you got to buy this book, Jim. And then someone else says, Oh my gosh, this book is great. At that point, I'm going, wow, I really should pick that thing up. 
A third friend mentions it. It's, oh my gosh, I got to buy that thing right now. So that's what Thomas is talking about. How do we get three people to be, how do we get three people to be saying you got to buy the book? How do we stir that word of mouth to the point that you take action on it? Now we have a course that teaches how to do this, the book launch blueprint. And that course will be going live in May of 2020. So for those of you listening in the future, you missed your shot. We only do this course once a year. Uh, we will have a waiting list uh, for next year if you want to go through it. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through the course kind of rapid fire right now and give you highlights, tips from the whole course in the next 20 minutes. So kind of real quick, fast uh, tips from each session of the course. We'll give you at least one course, but we're also going to walk you through what is included in the course. And so if you're really wanting to do this right, I recommend that you don't just listen to this episode, but that you also get the course. But you're also welcome to just listen to this episode if that's what you prefer. And uh, the course is three weeks long. We go through it one session per day and everyone goes through it together and we give each other feedback. Jim and I will be coaching you to help you put together a specific book launch plan for your book. So we give you the blueprint, but you're creating a custom recipe specifically for your book and we're going to help you do that each day. And week one is ready. So Jim, what do we talk about in week one? So in the ready week, we're going to talk about marketing and what it is and how to sell yourself, even if you're an introvert. And beyond that, figure out your biggest why. Why are you doing this? First of all, why have you written this book? What do you, what are you trying to make happen within the reader's mentality? Once you understand that, and th this really is a key for introverts and promoting if it's not about you, if it's something that you are bringing to somebody. In other words, if you had a cure for a disease, you had a cure for cancer, you would, I got to tell people about that. And if you've taken the time, six months, a year, three months, whatever it is, year and a half to write the book, you believe in this book. And so you are providing something for people. And so we go into the why. That's going to be one of the biggest motivators for you. Once you understand that why, being able to take that to your potential readers. So it's really important for you to not be torpedoing your own book launch with apologies, right? You've got to be settled in your heart that it's okay to tell people about your book, that it's okay to promote your book. Because if you don't do that, uh, you are going to feel guilty and you'll be sabotaging yourself the whole time. And maybe there's some things you got to work through, right? And that's what we'll be there to help you with and make sure that your motives are the motives that you want them to be and not uh, some other motives that you haven't worked through. So that's the very first thing we talk about. And you're like, why are we talking about you know, such squishy things, right? When do we get to the technical tactics? But the reality is that this is the first button. You've got to figure out the why first before you can move on uh, to the other issues. So in the next day, on Tuesday, is the branding talk. This is where Jim and I take you through our four-step process of developing your author brand. I've done episodes on this on the podcast in the past. You can find them uh, back in the old, old archives. But those four steps are, one, look in the mirror, figure out who you are. This is an important... So I'll just kind of walk you through the big picture of the, how to do this. So this is figuring out, how am I weird? <laughs> and building a good brand means 
picking the weirdness you want to emphasize and really being that weirdness authentically, if that makes any sense. It's not copying somebody else and it's not trying to become a generic version of yourself. You want to be an on-brand version of who you are. But to figure out who you are, you need to know who you are. And that requires looking in the mirror and also what part of you you're going to focus on. Because you are very complicated. You have lots of attributes. You have lots of things that you're passionate about. And part about building a brand is picking which of those things to emphasize, right? You're thinking of yourself as an instrument. You have to pick which notes you're going to play and which notes you're going to play consistently. Uh, The second step is to look at your readers. Jim, why is it important to look at your readers? Why can't we just look at ourselves in the mirror? Because we often want to define ourselves by what we want to be. But the reality is people define who we are. We need to know what people think of us, what their expectations are. When they think of us, what comes to mind? We need to understand that. And once we do understand that, then we can take that information and use it and put it through that matrix to flavor and influence and help us design everything we do from a marketing standpoint. One of the tips that for those of you who have books that are already out, and and a lot of you do, One of the most powerful things you can do, which is really, really simple, but go to Amazon and look at what people consistently say about your books. That's going to tell people what they think about you. Again, we can't define our brand. Our our brand is already there. We have to discover what it is. And to fine-tune that brand, we go to people who are telling us, this is what you are. So if people continually say, wow, Jim, your books are mind-bending, your books are mind-bending adventures, I should start using that in my marketing copy. Whereas I, maybe I started out going, no, I, 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 I bring you freedom. But never, nobody mentions that. They mention it's all about mind-bending. I'm going to take that information and I'm going to use it in my branding. So step one is look in the mirror. Step two is look at your readers and ask, what are they, who are they, and how are they different from other people. And then step three is look through your readers back at yourself, which is what Jim was just talking about, about asking a question, what are my readers saying about me? Because uh, that's really ultimately what's most important because that's what will spread. So you want to play to that. You want to be what they're expecting you to be. So you're consistent with your own brand or consistent with your own reputation. And then finally, step four, and this is a step that only some authors are able to get to, is look in your reader's mirror. And this is asking the question, what does my book allow my readers to say about themselves. And this is when your book, your story, your your mission, your calling, right? the ideas that you're advocating about in your nonfiction book allows your readers to say something about themselves, right? Where it's they're now a part of a tribe. And to give you an idea of what this looks like, I wrote a book on dating and relationships. And people, readers, who bought this book and used it to get married, took photos of it on their wedding day, and I had multiple readers send me photos of them and their spouse kissing behind the book uh, on their wedding day because there was a, a tribe that the book gave people access to. So we'll break down kind of how to do that, how to make that happen for you. On the third day of the first week, so, so we only cover the first two days of the first week of this course. <laughs> uh, on the third day of the first week, Wednesday, we talk about how to write 
best-selling copy. This is the copy on the back of your book. This is the copy, the text on the Amazon page that describes your book. This is also the text and any emails that you send out about your book. In some ways, this is some of the most important text about your book because if this isn't good, they'll never read your book. This is the text that earns you the right for them to read your amazing first sentence. So, Jim, what are some tips on how to write amazing best-selling copy? Yeah, just back for a moment to your comment, Thomas, about how important this is. Randy Ingermanson, I uh, heard him give a talk on copywriting recently, and he said, this is the one ring that rules them all. And I thought that is exactly right. The copy rules everything. If the copy is not right, oh boy, you're you're in trouble. And a lot of people think copywriting is explaining. It's telling. It's let me give you the facts about this. But truth is, the way humans are wired is we don't buy logically. We buy with emotion and then we back it up with logic. And so consequently, your books are emotional experiences, hopefully, for people. Well, your copy has to be an emotional experience as well. People will not buy your book or even look at your book unless they can imagine themselves doing it. So you have to create copy that creates a small, mini emotional experience that they are going to react to. So we're going to talk about how to do that. We're going to talk about the fact that copy should not be about you. And this goes for websites, this goes for book descriptions, this goes for emails. Most people think writing copy is telling people all about yourself and why you should buy the book, but it's not. Great copy makes the person that you're writing to the hero so they can imagine themselves being the hero of the story. So we're going to go into detail on how you do that. And like Thomas said, on your back cover copy, on your website, emails, everything you, Facebook uh, comments, everything you do, how to use copywriting techniques that I've used for 20 years to make a very good living. We're going to teach you how to do that for your book. In the next session of the Book Launch Blueprint, we talk about how to build a rabid tribe of fans. And why this is important is that you can't just have readers if you want your book to sell like crazy. You need fans because the difference between a reader and a fan is a reader reads your book and then moves on to the next book, whereas a fan tells their friends to read the book as well. And it takes time to build fans and it takes strategy to build fans. And if you want that buzz, that initial buzz, which is so important, right? One of the goals of a good book launch is to hit a bestseller list, whether that's USA Today bestseller list or an Amazon category bestseller, or even just a number one new release in your category, some sort of indication that, hey, this book is worth checking out so that a complete stranger will come and take a risk on your book. They don't know who you are, but they're like, wow, it's number one new release. The cover looks interesting. The copy looks interesting. What we just talked about now I'm ready to get you know take a chance on this book and they discover that they love it and suddenly they want to read the other books that you've written and so on. But it all starts with hitting that bestseller list. And how do you hit the bestseller list? You have a rabid tribe of fans who are all ready to buy at the same time. Because hitting a bestseller list is not about how many copies you sell. There are books that have sold a lot of copies, but they don't hit any lists because they're spread out. Right? They sell a few copies every day and they never sell a lot of copies in any one day. And so the key is to get a lot of sales all at once, You know, ideally focused in just a one or two week window. So Amazon redoes the list with a rolling average every hour. So it's still looking at the previous hours as it's doing its list, uh, but it's constantly updating. Uh, the New York Times USA Today lists update every week. So for them, you want to have as many sales in a single week as possible. 
And so you want, especially those first two weeks of your book being released, you want all your fans to go out and buy it <laughs> right away uh, to give you the best chance to hit those lists. So um, in this, we're going to talk about how to build that tribe of fans. A quick tip on how to do this, and Jim may have some quick tips as well, but to start, you have to start by building a fan. <laughs> a lot of people think that the way they build a tribe of fans is that they build a tribe. But think about how an actual tribe started in the real world. Usually it's just a husband and a wife and they start having some children, right? And then those children have children. And then other people, hey, are like, hey, your family is doing well. Can I join your family? Can I travel with you, right? And then suddenly you start to have multiple families. And then, you know, a few more generations happen. And then suddenly you've got a tribe, right? And, and historically, tribes are, you know, 150 people. It's kind of the sweet spot for a tribe. And, and if you had just 150 fans making noise about your book, you'd be shocked how many sales that you can get. But the way that you get them is one at a time, especially at first. Eventually, your fans will bring in more fans. But those first fans, you've got to get one at a time and walk you through exactly how to do that. Yeah, I guess it's like a think of it as a party. You throw this great party. You take care of your guests. You're just you're you're going need need a refresher on your drink. Hey, how's the music? What do you think? You're super serving those twelve people. Well, pretty soon, if it's an open party, those twelve are going to tell twelve, tell twelve, tell twelve, and they just continue to it, the thing continues to build and build and build. So it's as simple as that. But Thomas is right. You don't build a a tribe. You build one friend and then another friend and then another friend. All right, and then in Friday and Saturday of the course, we have two different sessions on launch teams. It's the only topic we have two sessions on because it's just that important. So if you're a tribe of fans, those are your fans. The launch team are like the shock troops. They're the people who are so passionate, so excited that they're willing to actually do tasks that you ask them to do, whether it's leaving your reviews or posting in social media or helping promote you in other ways. We talk about how to build that launch team, how to grow that launch team, how to motivate that launch team, and ultimately how to get the launch team to take action. And this is so important because if you have a launch team and it's just a bunch of people hanging out wanting a free book and they're not going to do any work, you're not going to get the kind of results that your book needs in order to succeed. And for those of you who are saying, I don't have the money, Jim and Thomas, to, to hire a launch team, well, here's the good news. We're going to show you techniques where you do not have to spend hardly any money at all, and yet you can still get them to be raving uh, raving launch team participants. So a couple of tips in this regard. One is to join the launch team of some other authors and to be like the world's best launch team member. It's a really easy way to learn how to do launch teams. And one of the advantages actually of going through this course with other authors is that you can join each other's launch team. So we give you training on how to join launch teams, but we also give you opportunities to get practice. In fact, being one of the first authors to launch after going through the course has a little bit of an advantage because a bunch of the other authors may be interested in joining your launch team. Uh, it's important to set expectations for the launch team and also make it hard to get into the launch team. If you're accepting everyone who is applying to join, I think you're doing it wrong. You're wanting kind of cracked troops. These are the Navy SEALs. They're Gideon's 300. This is not the general army, right? This is the special forces. And so you want to create a form on your website where people apply to be on the launch team and then you only select those who are the best members of the launch team. And then if you, you know, if you're launching multiple books for book number two, you only bring in the best, right? If somebody hardly did any work on book number one, you don't invite them back. This isn't for everyone. This is a special club that people get to join. And again, we'll walk you through exactly how to do that in this course. 
All right, so that is week number one. <laughs> so that is the ready step for, for building that foundation. Where You can think of this as building the platform in a sense, although it's not true platform building. That comes a, a little bit early, but we're, we're getting things in place. We're starting to get things in place for the book launch. And if this is all the course was, this would be super valuable of helping to get things in place, but we're just getting started. So now let's talk about week number two of the course set. So ready, set, Bet you know where we're going here with week number three. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on Monday, so you get Sunday off. Everyone's taking Sunday off in a break because this course is pretty intense. There's an hour's worth of training every day and then another hour or so's worth of homework as you um, will give you a worksheet to fill out. And you're taking what you're learning and you're applying it for your book specifically. And then you're also seeing the ideas that other people have and then you're getting their feedback. So it's very interactive. It's very intense. This is not for casual authors, <laughs> for professionals only who are willing to invest the time. All right, so Monday of week two, we talk about email marketing. Uh, we talk about how to build your list, how to grow your list, and then ultimately how to put together a strategy of using that list to have a really solid launch. This is really, really important because email is what causes people to take action. People don't take action very easily uh, when they hear uh, about something on a podcast Right, So you're hearing this podcast, maybe you're like, hey, I'm interested in this course, but you're unlikely to put your phone down and buy it right now. Right, The time when you're going to buy this course is when I email you and you remind you about it. And it's the same way with readers. And social media is the same way. People don't take action when they see social media. They take action when they get an email. So, so building that list and sending that email is really important. Uh, Jim, what are some pro tips on how, you know, real quick tips on doing email better? We don't feel like we want to inundate people. And so I see a lot of authors, they'll send out an email two days before the book releases, hey, my new book's coming. And then they'll send an email on the day and that's it. And that's really not enough. And it's okay to send multiple, multiple emails when you're building toward a book launch. People get that. There has to be a reason for you to send emails anytime you send them. There has to be a reason to ask people to buy. But in this case, there is a very, very good reason. So people understand that. They get it. And remember, when you feel like you're shouting, you're just shouting it from the rooftops, the typical potential buyer hears a whisper. When I was on the air at a radio station years ago, our program director, we'd get a new song in and and, and we would play that thing. And it would just, it would drive all the jocks nuts by about... The second week, into the second week, we're like, we're so sick of this song that the listeners have got to be just so tired of this thing. And the program director would say, yeah, they're just starting to hear it. That's the same thing with people who are getting your emails. Because we have this idea, well, I sent out I sent out two emails. Well, the likelihood that your whole list saw both of the, those emails is really, really small. If you want to hit those people, if you want them to go, oh, yeah, I guess that book's out. We need to hit them multiple times around that launch. So do not be afraid to do it. Again, you're probably the type of person that doesn't want to inundate people. You don't want them to be ticked off at you and unsubscribe, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, there are people out there that will get five emails and they'll open one of them and they'll go, oh, I'm sure glad you emailed me. And they'll think you emailed them only once. And this is not something you can do at any time. This is something you can only do during a book launch. People will only forgive you. Uh, when you have a good reason, like Jim was saying. And a book launch, people see that as a good reason. It's the same with a launch team, right? Normally, your readers wouldn't join a Facebook group to help you promote your book. But when it's around the launch of a new book, suddenly it's like this exciting 
activity that they get to have a sense of ownership, a, a sense of privilege. And it's uh, one of the reasons why every author needs to do a book launch because people treat you better <laughs> on a book launch. It's kind of like having a birthday, right? It's on your birthday. People are a little bit nicer to you. They're, they're celebrating you. They're saying, hey, happy birthday. Even if they don't like you, they say happy birthday <laughs> if they know that it's your birthday. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're at work or whatever, you have they, make, they bring you cake, right? Nobody else brings you cake on any other day of the year. Well, book launch is just like that. So you want to really take advantage of that. And being able to send at a higher frequency is one of the advantages. You're not going to see a higher unsubscribe rate on those emails. In fact, this is why your readers are on your list, right? They want to know when your book comes out. And it may, some people have different email approaches, right? I open and process every single email that I receive. If it comes into my inbox, I touch it, I open it. I don't necessarily read every word, but I look at it and I get, I try to get to inbox zero. I know people who have 30,000 unread emails in their inbox. So not everyone is like me and you have to realize that. He's not speaking about me, really. It's not. He doesn't mean Jim. <laughs> All right. So that's Monday of week two. Now let's talk about Tuesday of week two. We talk about a media calendar. This is not the most exciting part of a book launch, but it is really important because it's kind of the connective tissue of a book launch. The media calendar is where you put down all of the promotion activities that you're doing for your book. It's where you put your pitches as you're pitching podcasts and radio shows to get you on in the first place in blog interviews and, and guest blog posts. It's where you're going to put the emails. So you're like, okay, email one's going to come out on Tuesday. And then a few days later, email two is going to come out. You plan all of that ahead of time. It's also where you put your interviews. You put your radio interviews here. You put your TV interviews here. And the goal is to make sure that things are all hitting in that same really condensed window of time. This is why you can't wing it, because if you wing it, your interviews will happen across months, and then you'll get lost in the noise, because every day, hundreds of books are launching on Amazon, and if you want your book to get any attention, you've got to have all of the bombs land at the same time, so to speak. And this is, it's really important, so we walk you through how to put this together, uh, but the biggest tip, really, is to have a media calendar, right? If all you do is put together a Word document and you list all the activities that you have, that's will do. That's more than what most authors do. This is not the time to be a pantser. Is that kind of what you're saying? <laughs> Says the pantser, right? So Jim yeah. is a pantser when he writes his book. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what that means, especially in the nonfiction world, there's two approaches to writing fiction. One is you build an outline first and then you write the book. And the other one is just you write by the seat of your pants. So we call those folks pantsers. And there's a time for pantsing. And there's a time for putting together a schedule. And uh, the media calendar is that, that schedule. And the pro tip here is to schedule rest and off days into your schedule. So as important as it is to get everything hitting at the same time, it's also important to have off days, to have rest, because this is a long process, right? The months leading up to launch is, is a long process. And then um, if you're traditionally published, you're expected to be launching for the first 30 days. Indie authors sometimes go longer, sometimes they go shorter, but 30 days is a long time. And you, in order to be able to maintain a good pace, a good promotion pace for 30 days, you need to pace yourself, which means pace, you know, making sure you don't do five interviews in one day. <laughs> or if you do do five interviews in one day, let's say maybe on launch day, you're doing five different radio shows all on launch day. That's great. But maybe schedule in a day of rest before that <laughs> so that you've got the energy on the fifth interview uh, to still be interesting and uh, all the other things we're going to talk about a little bit later. All right, so the next session is specifically about Amazon. Amazon is where, if you're indie published, 
almost all of your sales are going to come through as your Amazon page. So your cover, your back cover copy, your also bots, your reviews, all of these things are really important that they be done well. And we walk you through exactly how to do that. Jim, what are some uh, quick tips on how to have a better Amazon page? Well, just an Amazon presence. There is so many authors. I'm surprised when I go to their author page, or some of them say, "I didn't know, even though I could have an author page." But if you look at your book and your name is highlighted there, you click on that. That's going to take you somewhere, and that's a place where you can have your bio, you can have information about yourself, you can have a link to your website. There's so much information that can go into that and help shape. Um, your reader's perceptions of you, not only that book, but your overall persona. So that's where branding is going to come in. That's where copywriting is going to come in. If you take charge of that, that'll be a huge boost for you. Also, Author Central, where you can find out all these statistics and information about your your books and where they're selling, parts of the country that they're selling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other thing is you can control the metadata, the meta tags for your book. And this is critical for you in terms of how Amazon uses their algorithms when people are searching for your type of book. And I I guess the main thing I want to say here is I'm not a techie guy. I don't understand code. I don't understand any of that. And so don't let meta tags and metadata and all that and analytics intimidate you. Even if you don't understand it, seriously, you get into the back end of that thing and we'll teach you how to use the right phrases, the right the right, uh, the right words, but it's not hard to do. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. It is not hard. Even if you're not a techie person, it is not hard to do. And it can have huge positive impact if you take the time to go through that. And then one other quick tip on this, you can connect your blog. If you have a blog to Amazon so that when people click on your author profile, it lists links to all of your recent blog posts. And this actually boosts your search rankings on your blog post because those are do follow links from Amazon, which is a very high credibility website. And this is the sort of thing that professional search engine optimizers will go through, you know, hacks and games to get these kinds of links and authors can get them for free and all they have to do is set it up and it takes about five minutes and yet many authors don't know that they can do that or they don't know how to do it. And so in the course, we walk you through exactly how to do it, but it's so important and it's not hard to do like Jim was saying. All right. In the next session, we talk about your website. Uh, so you know, this is kind of the connective tissue uh, week. So just like your media calendar uh, connects your activities, your website connects your presence. So a lot of the things that you're doing, whether it's building your email list or interacting with people on social media or doing media interviews, all of those things, you're going to be sending people back to your website ultimately. It's where people are going to find you if they're doing a search on Google. And your website has got to be Good. It's got to be strong. This is one of the things that if somebody's trying to decide whether to book you to come on their radio show or their television show or their podcast, they're going to be Googling you. And what do they find when they Google you? Well, they better find your website, number one, when they search for your name. We're going to talk about how to do that. And when they go to your website, it better look good and it better be for the readers. And I would say that's probably the number one pro tip here. Your website needs to not be about you. It needs to be about your readers. And this is a shift in thinking that, you know, it's kind of all of marketing is about 
getting out of yourself and learning how to surf your readers. But with your website, this is particularly important because it's a place where authors are really tempted to have it be the me show. All about me and how amazing I am. And here are all these beautiful photos of me and my children and my books and my, 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 me, 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 and no one cares. (laughs) Sorry, but no one cares. They care about themselves. So you need to be talking about how your books benefit people. You need to talk about your readers and you need to make your website and active service to your readers. And if you do this, your website's going to be more popular. It's going to get more rankings on Google and people are going to spend more time on it and and people will buy more books. Then we're also going to talk to you about how to write content that will get you guest slots on leading blogs and websites, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess what I'm saying here is we're going to teach you to write ads back to that idea that content is, I have a talk called content is king dictator and supreme commander of the universe. And that is so true. We're we're back to this idea of the one ring that rules them all. You have to write an ad. Uh, Sorry to put it in those terms and sorry to let you know, but you have to be an advertising person. You have to be a marketing person, but in a good way. But you do need to know the words that are going to make somebody go, oh, we should interview her. That sounds interesting. You have to have a hook that is going to make them not pass over, but go, I want to find out a little bit more about this person. So we're going to teach you how to write those things so that you're the one chosen over somebody else. Because nobody wants to invite you to write an advertisement on their blog. The blog post itself has to be beneficial. It has to be interesting. It has to be intriguing and curiosity inspiring. But it also, if you want to sell books, needs to be connected to your book. And so this is one of those things where there's a lot of nuance here. And and you have to be really careful how you go about it because uh, this is not the place to be overly salesy, uh, but it is a place where you can, in good organic ways, mention your book. And how you do that will depend on your book. Different books, the way you're going to do this is different, which is why I really like the fact that there's so much coaching here where we help you figure out how to do it for your book. And you also get to see how other authors are doing it for their books. And we have both fiction and nonfiction folks going through this course, both traditional and independent. And there are things, believe it or not, that you can learn from the other side. I realize people have their position, right? They prefer indie or they prefer traditional. And, and most people who pick one or the other is convinced their side is superior. And that's fine. You're welcome to think that you're superior. But I would like to humbly suggest that there are things that you can learn from the other side of the chasm that wow. they do well wow. over there. Uh, and w- which is why it's great to put the indies and the traditional authors in the same room together and the fiction and nonfiction. Because there are things the nonfiction folks do that the fiction folks can learn from and can copy all right so that is week two (laughs) ready set now it's time to talk about week three go this is where we've done all of the preparation we've done all of the groundwork for building the platform now it's time to actually start the fire so the rocket can take off into the air so uh, in the first session we talk about marketing psychology and how you can leverage urgency scarcity and popularity or social proof to uh, take your books uh, to, to new heights and to really kind of connect your book launch with the psychology of your readers. And if you have been listening to this podcast the last uh, few episodes, we've been doing a series on this. So these are uh, topics that you'll be familiar with. But in the course, what we'll be doing is working about how you can do it for your book specifically and, and really applying. Okay, so you understand the concept of urgency, but how can you create urgency for your book specifically? 
One way to do this is with a reverse. So here's a quick pro tip. Trying to give a pro tip on each one of these. Uh, One way to do this is by uh, creating a reverse coupon. So for the first uh, week, the book is $4.99, and then after that, it goes up to $5.99. And this creates a sense of urgency. It allows the folks on your email list, your core fans, to feel like they're an insider and that they're special, while simultaneously helping you get more of those sales because USA Today, Wall Street Journal, doesn't care how much people are spending for your book. They do care if it's free, so you can't give it away for free. That won't get you on the bestseller list because you have to actually be selling your book. But they don't care if it's four ninety nine or five ninety nine in terms of they're just counting units sold. And, and this is also true uh, to a lesser degree on Amazon's rankings. And so you want to create that urgency. But this is just one way to do it. There's a bunch of ways to create urgency. There's a bunch of ways to create scarcity, and there's a bunch of ways of demonstrating social proof. And this is where kind of that tribe building that we talked about in week one really comes the seeds that you learn how to plant in week one this is where you bring in that harvest and why it's good to take this course even if you don't plan to launch your book for a year i mean if you have a book launch that's sometime next year now is the time to take the course because it allows you to have time to plant some of those seeds that will be ready to harvest then you can take this course right before a book launch but you'll get more bang for your buck if you take it a ways ahead of your book launch the next session is about Goodreads and how to use the power of Goodreads. And just a real quick tip on this, use Goodreads now as a reader. Sign up. It's free. <laughs> Post the books you're reading as reviews. Um, there's a lot more to be said about Goodreads, but we're running short on time. And then uh, on Wednesday of week three, we talk about launch day. Jim, we're here. This is the moment <laughs> we've been building towards. Uh, what are some tips, uh, quick tips about how to manage or how to leverage and get the most out of launch day? One of the things you can do is not do a book signing <laughs> at a bookstore. That That is not going to create the buzz, the excitement. We suggest you consider hosting a launch party. So you do a launch party, not a book signing. And you can do this party for friends and family in real life. You can gather these people together. I did this a number of times where people said, hey, can we hold a book launch party for you? Oh, are you kidding me? Absolutely, yes. You get 30 people in a room, 40 people in a room, 50 people in a big house that are celebrating your book launching. Odds are you're not going to know it. Most a lot of these people, because the person who hosts the party, in other words, if you go to a friend and say, hey, would you host a party for me? They're going to invite people that you do not know, and you have a chance to touch those people, reach out to those people, get to know those people, and then those people start doing what? They start telling other people. They start posting on social media how fun this thing was. So you can organize it. You could put energy into it. You can put fun into it. So rather than sitting behind a desk for two hours and maybe signing four or five books, you get a chance to touch all these people in really creative ways. So that's one thing you can do on launch day. The other thing with the internet now, with Facebook Live, with some of these tools that you have, you can also do a launch party online. So consider doing that. Consider looking into a launch party online. Even if you don't buy the course, Google that. Watch YouTube videos on how to do it successfully. Start watching other authors who are doing this and uh, take ideas from them. But we go into depth on how to do this and how you can maximize that. Because the thing is, if with, with Facebook, those videos, you do it live, but it's still there. Also, there's some things you can do on YouTube where you can do some very fun things on YouTube. And this is something that I don't see a lot of marketers talking about. And that is you post something on YouTube, that thing lasts forever. 
you post something on Facebook, a Facebook post, it's it's gone. The stream goes away very, very quickly. Remember, YouTube, I think, Thomas, correct me on this, but I think they are the second largest search engine on Earth these days. And so YouTube can be a great way for you to launch your book that, again, I don't see that many authors doing it. And YouTube videos can rank uh, on Google searches, whereas Facebook videos don't rank on uh, Google searches because Facebook blocks Google from indexing its platforms. And so just keep that in mind. And I'll say it's 2020, depending on where you live in the world, you may be under lockdown or semi-lockdown or gatherings may be limited to how many people. And so online it, uh, events are not just more needed now in 2020, and you may be required to do them, but they're also more effective. Because think about if you're living in an area where people are limited in their social gatherings, right? You're still under social distancing rules. And I realize we have listeners all over the world and different parts of the world are, are responding very differently, right? So if you're in Sweden, uh, the rules are very different than if you're in New York City. <laughs> so, uh, or if you're in New Delhi, India. Um, so, but just realize, depending on where you are in the world, you may be where everyone has been alone for a long time. And the opportunity to do an online party all together where they're interacting with each other and they're seeing their friends there and they're having this fun party online safely can be really fun. And you, as the author, not only are benefiting people, blessing people with your book, but you could also benefit and bless them with this online launch party. Give them some social interaction that they are just craving. And if if the offline party is not an option for you, what I'm trying to say is the online party is going to be far more effective than it would be otherwise because people are looking for filling that hole in their heart, right? That social interaction hole in their heart. They're looking for a place to fill it, and your party could be a place to do that, which is if, if you are there, really good for your book sales. So it's a win-win. It's a win for you. It's a win for your readers. It's a win for everyone. Next, we're going to talk to you about how to nail media interviews, and media interviews can make or break you. And that's obvious, but I need to state that because it is a skill to know how to do a great radio interview. I used to be on the air years ago, and when I had a really compelling, interesting, fun guest, oh my gosh, that was just a delight to talk to those people. And um, having a background in radio, I have learned some things over the years and I've applied that when I do radio interviews and I can't tell you the number of times that a host will come on afterward and go, Oh my gosh, it was so nice to have you on because you understand how this thing works. If you don't understand how it works and most authors don't, we're going to go through step by step. So you are the type of interview where they say, um, gosh, we'd like to have you back. Would you like to be back next time your book release, your next book release, please, please come back. Because radio hosts, and Thomas recently hosted a radio program every day, and Thomas, I hope you talk about that for a few seconds. But hosts are looking for great content. They are looking for great people to interview. So if you can come off as one of those people, oh my gosh, that's going to help you immensely. And the final thing I'll say about that is a bad interview is worse than no interview at all. Because if you come across as boring, if you come across um, someone that gives three-minute answers to every question, you're going to come across looking so bad, people are going to go, oh boy, I don't, I don't know, that's how they are? I don't think I'm going to read their book, even though your book might be fantastic. And radio show hosts and podcast hosts, check out your previous interviews when trying to decide whether or not to book you or not. So if you do a bad interview, it can hurt your chances of getting future interviews. So back when I had my radio show, I had a drive time radio show. I had two hours to fill, two hours of audio 
I had to talk for two hours. So that was five segments an hour, 10 segments total every day. And then the next day I had another 10 segments to fill. So there's this thought, it's like, why would a radio show have me on as a guest? And as somebody who's hosting a radio show, I was like, why wouldn't we have you on as a guest? We have a lot of time to fill. So, and there's a lot of stations, right? In your local area, there's probably between 70 and 100 stations. Obviously, they're not all talk stations. A lot of them are music. But even some music stations on their morning drive time show often have a semi-talk format. So think about it. When, when you're driving to work in the morning, there's a lot of talking. It's not all music, depending on the station, depending on their format. And they may be having uh, authors on. And it's, it's all a matter of finding the right stations to pitch and pitching them in a way where you sound really interesting. And the more you do it, the more you practice, the better at it you'll get. But the better you do on those initial ones, the more invites you're going to get, which is why going through training like this is really helpful. And I will say, For patrons of Novel Marketing, I'm bundling in my course, How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest, uh, as a free bonus. If you go through the book launch blueprint, you also get How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest, which is an even more comprehensive training. So this session on Thursday of week three, Jim teaches it uh, from his experience and his perspective, and he also teaches it along with Mary DeMuth, who's done interviews for CNN and um, I think she's done Fox News, she's done a lot of radio, she's done a lot of like TV talk shows, and she has a lot to share. And then you also get everything I learned being a radio show host. So you get really good media training, uh, especially if you're a patron of the podcast. So if you sign up as a patron first, and then uh, get the book launch blueprint, and you get this wonderful bonus. And if you've already purchased the How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest, you get whatever you spend on that course discounted from the book launch blueprint i've got all the information on patreon just read the instructions there on how to get your bonus and then the final session this is the saturday kind of extra session on week three is the art of persuasion which is all about how to be more persuasive and it it's one of my uh, longest most enduring talks i've been giving this talk since 2006 (laughs) versions of this talk since 2006 Uh, this is uh, my signature teaching and it kind of underpins a lot of everything else that I teach and this is helpful with every single aspect of this whether it's putting the emails together whether it's doing interviews whether it's building that tribe of fans learning how to be more persuasive learning how communication works and how people understand communication is really so valuable so anyway hopefully this gives you a good overview of the book launch blueprint we really do encourage you to sign up we only do this once a year all of my other courses or, you know, go at your own pace, sign up at any time. This is the only course where we have a limited window of when you can sign up. Uh, registration ends at the end of May. And if you want to learn more, if you want to sign up, uh, I encourage you to become a patron. But if you, And we'll have links there if you go through the patron path. It's a slightly different path. But for everyone else, go to booklaunch.fun. You can find out a lot more information about the course. And we really do hope to see you there. Speaking of patrons, our featured patron today is Katie Harvey, author of Believe It and Behave It, How to Restart, Reset, and Reframe Your Life. Learn how to kick your inner shame and hatred to the curb, whatever your personal setback. And Kate will help you find new opportunities to make yourself better and stronger than ever before. So, Kate, thank you so much for being a patron of the podcast, for helping us stay on the air. And if you'd like to learn how you can become a patron, we'll have a link in the show notes. You can find out more at Novel Marketing. Dot com And if you can't afford to become a patron and you still want to help the show, you can just uh, share a link to this episode with a friend you think would find it helpful. 
You have been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. and back again, James L. <laughs> Rubart on the Novel Marketing Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode or to get new episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit novelmarketing.com.